You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Rachel Adams, Managing Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Welcome to the Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. My name is Rachel Adams, the Managing Editor of Natural Products Insider. Today I have with me Susan Hewlings, who is Director of Scientific Affairs at Nutrisource. Hi, Susan. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm very excited about our podcast topic today because this is an important topic and I think something that everyone can relate to, and it is all about sleep. Uh, Susan is going to be presenting during uh, our Supply Side West workshop called Supporting the Cycle, Solutions to Manage Stress and Improve Sleep, uh, which takes place at Supply Side West in Las Vegas on Wednesday, October 16th at 1.30 p.m. Uh, And Susan's going to be diving into the topic of stress, um, looking at what some of the health concerns are, how we can manage stress, um, and nutritional solutions. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that. So my first question is all about good sleep. Um, What is considered good sleep um, and how does that compare to what uh, a lot of people experience as sleep? Well, that's a really good question. And I think it's, it's a prevalent question. People are talking about it on sort of all aspects. Um, We tend to speak about it in terms of sports, nutrition and recovery Um, But it also has to do with everyday life. Everyone's like, did you sleep well? I slept crappy. I didn't sleep at all. I couldn't fall asleep. I'm so stressed. I can't, you know, it's a very common daily topic. And so I think it it is, it's an important thing to say, okay, what does it mean when someone says sleeps well, did you sleep well? What does that really mean? And um, I think we tend to think of it in terms of, how long we slept, but there's more to it than that. And so I looked at the National Sleep Foundation's definition because I was curious as well. I mean, my background, I have a PhD in nutrition. I'm not a sleep expert, but there's a lot of connection between nutrition, exercise, and sleep. So um, I wanted to look and say, okay, how do I work with clients and athletes? How do we come up with What is good sleep? Because again, when you're talking about training and nutrition, you always look at your goals. So you want your training, your nutrition to line up with your goals. So if our goal is good sleep, we really do need to know what that means. And so I looked at their definition as a place to start. And I thought this would be a good thing to mention since we only have a brief period of time here in our podcast. Uh, You can go to their website and they have uh, a definition from their expert panel. And they say that the key determinants of quality sleep that they published in their sleep health journal include the time you sleep. So making sure that the time you spend in bed is sleeping. So if you're laying there and your eyes are wide open and you're wide awake, you know, getting up after a certain period of time, I think usually they say 15 minutes and, you know, uh, trying to relax, maybe doing some stretching, yoga, et cetera, but trying to make sure that at least 85% of the time that you're in the bed, is sleeping, falling asleep in 30 minutes or less, waking up no more than once per night, 
and being awake for 20 minutes or less after initially falling asleep. So making sure that you do wake up, you're not up for like hours on the couch, like, oh, what am I doing? Um, and then also you can go another level into good sleep and talk about how long you spend in um, REM sleep versus non-REM sleep. Rapid eye movement is what REM stands for. That's a little bit beyond the level of our discussion, but those are things that they'll look at when they do like a sleep assessment or sleep study. Um, of course, you know, they look at sleep apnea and those sort of things. So I think from our point of view, what we want to look at is, yes, how long you sleep, but what is the quality within that time, I think, to answer your question. Right. And that is, um, that's great perspective, because like you said, when we talk about sleep, uh, most people do talk about length and every now and then you'll hear somebody talk about maybe how many times they woke up in the middle of the night. But a lot of those other factors or considerations you mentioned a lot of times don't come into the conversation. Um, so I think it's very important um, that we really can define that what is good sleep. So let's talk a little bit about sleep and its impact on health. Um, what does science say when it comes to sleep and health? So how does sleep impact health? Um, there's been a lot of research that has looked at that. Um, short sleep duration, meaning less than seven hours per night, has been associated with a higher risk and incidence of cardiovascular disease and poor cardiovascular health outcomes. And what that means is like looking at hypertension, hypercholesterolemia, myocardial infarction, and strokes. So there's been a correlation identified with not sleeping enough and those lifestyle type diseases. So sleeping then becomes part of what we look at in lifestyle medicine and lifestyle management. Whereas normally we think of diet and exercise, there is a new awareness that we also need to be incorporating sleep quality within that assessment. So inadequate sleep has also been associated with heightened emotional reactivity and mood. So that people that are angry and anxious, there's a connection with poor sleep. Also, um, cognitive function, like reduced attention, memory, um, overall cognitive function, and these things. And in fact, one study saw that when people haven't slept enough, it's very similar. The effect on their cognitive function is very similar to uh, excessive alcohol intake. And so wow. they can actually have that much of a big impact. And um, a lot of studies have looked at shift workers looked at people who work in hospitals, long hours, doctors, nurses, these sort of things. And I mean, these are certainly people that we don't want to have any cognitive dysfunction. And so a lot of the studies looking at that. Also, inadequate sleeps associated with increased inflammation, decreased immune function, and decreased antioxidant defense. So again, it kind of factors into all that we talk about when we talk about metabolic syndrome and overall lifestyle diseases, as I mentioned. So I think the, the, the general answer would be sleep impacts every aspect of your health, including your cognitive function. And so um, I, th I think that's the general answer. And that's huge. Um, I mean, you talked about some really serious stuff there, including heart health. And then obviously our cognitive function is so important. That's one of the things um, we're actually talking about in this whole session is not just about sleep, which we're talking about right now on this podcast. Um, and your session will be focused on sleep, but we're also talking about stress because of the connection between sleep and stress and our mental health and how all that goes together. Um, and I can say, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people who struggles with sleep. I have periods of great sleep and then I have periods where um, 
I have really poor sleep. And I can tell you, I don't know if it's comforting or um, discouraging to hear that losing sleep has similar side effects um, or similar effects as alcohol consumption. Because um, I can tell you, when I have a rough night's sleep, it, it is a rough day. So, um, And I think it, also it's important to note there that mood, anxiety, anger, and so what happens is it's overall quality of life. So even if we don't look at these major lifestyle health impacts, we also have to think about how it affects our daily interactions. Because if it's affecting mood and anger and emotional health, it's also affecting our interpersonal relationships, our professional mm -hmm. relationships, our ability to function in group settings at work and in the family. So it really is impacting overall quality of life. And that, that's important to point out because we talk a lot about too, um, when we talk about emotional health, we talk about things like anger and hostility and how that in turn affects heart disease and risk of heart disease. So there's lots of interconnections here that bring right. us back to sleep. Right, absolutely. Uh, which underscores why this is just so incredibly important. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about factors that can affect sleep quality. Um, what are some factors? Well, I think overall stress, of course, as we know, just you know, having people who are trying to do everything and squeeze it into a few hours, a lot of stress um, definitely impacts sleep. But also from a, a lifestyle perspective, exercise and diet. And nutrition has a big impact on sleep. Um, and exercise can have an impact in both directions, really, which is really interesting. Um, and the connection between exercise and sleep is another sort of sub area within this that's fascinating because while we need sleep for recovery, of course, that part we know, also over-exercising and being overtrained can negatively impact sleep. So there's a definite interconnection there. So I think looking at overall lifestyle is an important thing that, to look at. Also, of course, for some people, and it's very individual, right? So that keeping a sleep diary is probably a first step if someone is having sleep issues. Because, you know, we all know that person that can like, drink two cups of coffee and then sleep without a problem. And then the other person who, if they drink a cup of coffee after like one o'clock in the afternoon, they're not sleeping. And so it's the idea that you keep a diary and try to identify any life, daily life patterns that have impacted your sleep, whether that be exercise, diet, um, alcohol intake, um, smoking, of course, we want to rule that out in general. But um, so I think identifying if there's any patterns or anything. For some people, it they like computer and blue light and things like that, um, TV, these are things that can negatively impact their sleep. Um, so keeping a diary, assessing a personal record of what can potentially going on is a good place to start. And then addressing what is called, I mean, this kind of moves us into solutions, but obviously if we look at what is causing the problem, then that kind of directly leads us to solutions. Right. So it becomes an issue of looking at all aspects of your health as well. So your nutrition, your exercise, your stress and social health, et cetera. And then um, also what is referred to in the literature as your sleep hygiene or your sleep environment. And, and what's going on around, you know, is there too much light in the room? Is the temperature right? Um, are you sitting there answering emails and like, you know, with your laptop on your lap in bed and then you turn out the light and expect you're gonna just fall asleep. 
And some people can do that, but for a lot of people, that's a no-no. And so it's like setting up sleep environment is really important for that. The other thing is looking at your sleep habits. Like, do you go to sleep at the same time every night? Or is your schedule all over the place? Um, looking at your travel, because travel and jet lag can definitely have a big impact. So again, this goes back to keeping the pattern and looking at the personal things. So these are all things that can impact sleep. And also, I talked about the interrelationship between sleep and recovery. There's also one between weight and sleep. And that people who have inadequate sleep are more likely to be overweight. And so there's also a connection there as well. And so again, by addressing your overall health, you're automatically addressing your sleep patterns. And by addressing your sleep patterns, you're automatically addressing your overall health. So that I think that's an important thing to realize. It's sort of part of that uh, lifestyle that we've been talking about for years and that the, the dimensions of being well and that it's you know, your entire lifestyle that factors into that. Right. There are certainly a lot of things to consider and a lot of factors that can impact sleep. And so I love that idea of uh, keeping a diary or keeping tabs on it because it's it's really hard to look, um, you know, to look across the general population and say, this is exactly what you need to do because we're all different. Our lifestyles are different. How we use technology is different. Our sleep hygiene, like you said, is different. Um, so it's very, uh, I think it's very helpful to really be able to consider um, each of these factors individually. And so I just want to draw our attention to one more area, uh, which would be nutrition and nutritional solutions. Do you have any insight you'd like to share on um, nutrition, ingredients, some um, things that can help with sleep? Yeah, absolutely. Um, again, I think there's no substitute for a healthy, balanced diet that is based in vegetables, lean meats, you know, sort of a natural whole diet. Um, there's no substitute for that. That's a good place to start. Um, eating at regular intervals and not doing, like I, a lot of fasting and not eating can also impact sleep in a negative way. A lot mm -hmm. of people who are restricting or maybe doing too much intermittent fasting that can have an impact. So a healthy balanced diet, eating at regular intervals um, is the base. That's where you start. Then from there, you can look at some supplements. And again, I always say, regardless of the topic, supplement means in addition to, not instead of. Mm -hmm. So we always start with our foundation, and then we can look at these supplements as a way to tweak some things. And so, of course, multivitamin can always cover all your bases. And then there has been some discussion in the literature related to some things you may be familiar with, like um, melatonin. Mm -hmm. There's some research there that supports it. Now, there are a lot of things out there that are sold and discussed that don't necessarily have um, any evidence behind them or substantiation behind them. But I think um, that is something to think about is um, valerian, melatonin, um, zinc and magnesium, lots of attention there. Again, you can probably cover those primarily in uh, a multivitamin, but there are some supplements that will focus on that, that are sleep related that will focus on those. A lot of people will do protein shakes that are casein-based at night um, or milk-based. Milk's high in tryptophan. So tr the amino acid tryptophan, which um, is related to serotonin production, 
So that's like the, the old school where people say, oh, have a glass of warm milk if you can't sleep. And there's some validity behind that mm -hmm. because milk does have tryptophan. And adding some casein to that can also help. So these are just a couple of things. There's also been some studies looking at CBD mm -hmm. and that uh, that can help. A lot of people have seen relief. Um, still, we're still lacking studies to really strongly support that, but it's certainly something to consider and look into. Um, and then there are other things that people like uh, lavender, uh, like oil diffusers with lavender, lavender supplements, uh, chamomile, a lot of teas will incorporate these ingredients uh, for somebody who doesn't want to be like swallowing, you know, pills and things like that, just obviously with the teas, making sure that uh, they're caffeine free if for somebody who's trying to uh, minimize sleep. From the diet perspective, another emerging area when it comes to sleep is looking at gut health. There have been some really interesting studies looking at the circadian rhythms of the bacteria in the microbiome and how they might influence and interact with the circadian rhythms of the host, which would be the, the, the human. Um, and so, again, it goes back to having the foundation, it really does, because if you have the healthy foundational diet, um, that can help correct any dysbiosis, et cetera. But if someone's been on a, you know, a course of antibiotics, which as we know are sometimes are, are necessary, may want to consider some probiotics to correct that. Or if you're just sort of your schedule's off, you're traveling a lot, um, don't rule out gut health as being connected to why you may not be sleeping. So that's another emerging area that's really fascinating. And then from there, we look at strategies because it is all, it's not a separate topic, it's connected because as we know, the, the, your lifestyle behaviors, your habits, these are all things that affect your cognitive health, emotional health, they affect what you eat. These are all things that affect the biome um, so that if you're traveling, if you have jet lag, if you, know, you had to eat a little off your normal schedule, or you had to eat a meal you're maybe not used to eating, that can affect your microbiome pretty easily, which can in turn potentially affect your sleep or vice versa. So it's kind of interesting part. So looking at your, ha your, your habits, in other words, what time do you go to sleep? And when you can, try to go to sleep around the same time every night. Like get into a pattern and a structure. And that's really been shown to help as far as the strategy goes. Um, as we mentioned, looking at the environment in, in your, where you're sleeping, your sleeping environment, blue lights, computers, TVs, mm -hmm. temperature. And a lot of people have found the solution, like if it's hot outside, getting a cold shower before you go to bed, like getting your body temperature back down. If it's cold outside, maybe getting a warm shower, warming, you know, heating pads, things like this. So getting the body temperature in the uh, preferred wet, you know, place. That it, it, and that's another thing where a lot of people who do high intensity training, if they're training late in the day, that can keep you awake too, because if your metabolism is elevated. So looking at what time of day you're training can also be another thing to, you know, look at solutions. So, that, so it's several aspects. It's not just nutritional supplementation, but there are some great supplements out there that can help you as well. There's definitely um, a lot to consider and a lot of really interesting points there. Um, I'm very excited to hear more. I'm excited to hear more about the research on some of these um, specific supplements and strategies you talked about. And I love the look at strategies in addition to just 
looking at the ingredients or looking just at nutritional best practices because those strategies, how you implemented the application is really what's going to help uh, brand owners who operate in this space to convey these solutions to their consumers and to create solutions that can really help their consumers improve sleep um, and, and find benefits that, that are helpful. So um, I love that well-rounded approach and that well-rounded look at this topic. And um, I'll and be I... going more into detail, the actual uh, research and literature, and I'll be get, talking about more um, ingredients and products uh, that have been connected with helping to aid with sleep. So I'll be talking about the, the research in more detail at the presentation. Awesome. I am so very looking forward to that, Susan. Um, I want to say thank you for sharing uh, just a sneak peek of some of that information today on our podcast. Um, this session, I'm just going to reiterate, uh, this session's called Supporting the Cycle, Solutions to Manage Stress and Improve Sleep, and that'll take place at Supply Side West in Las Vegas on Wednesday, October 16th at 1.30 p.m. Um, more information can be found on the session at SupplySideWest.com. Um, and Susan, again, thank you, and I, I look forward to seeing you in Vegas. All right, great. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.